Is your phone full of rusty neon sign pics? Do LEDs make your eyes bleed? Then pop in your headphones. And enter a place where the code enforcers can't hear you scream. It all looks easy, but as they say in the trade, it's something any child could do with 20 years practice. Just watch. Just, just, just watch. The bright lights are taking their scientific shape. We're DJ and Allison, and you're listening to Neon Nonsense. Welcome back, everyone. This episode is sponsored by FMS Sign Products, and we're very excited to announce that they are now carrying a variety of classic neon glass tubing. Woohoo! Yeah. They now have ruby red, novial gold, bromo blue, and emerald green. And it's kind of exciting because we are actually in Detroit for the gas conference with the Neon Makers Guild. And one of our members and friend, JB Martinez, was telling us how he really loves the new FMS Classic Glass. He used it to make this beautiful sun sign that was lighting up the whole food truck area at the Michigan Glass Project during the gas conference. So check out FMS and get your classic glass. I can't wait to try some. Enjoy the episode. Hey, DJ. Other than neon, what is your favorite lighting source? Wow. I would have to say right now, I'm a little obsessed with slip casting and like molds and mm. like anything having to do with like freestanding bases in neon so like adjacent to that would be like this kind of niche lamp that existed when televisions became really popular in homes and they were big and chunky you would get like this uh it was be like my favorite ones are like ceramic ferocious panthers that have like a light bulb in the back and they're like to backlight a television wall so your your eyes don't fall out of your head because people thought the tv was bad for your eyes if it was the only thing on in the room so that those are fun um and they come in different shapes and sizes and most of the time people don't know what they are um they get like the light bulbs pulled out of them and turned into planters sometimes or they just like break a lot so finding one that's like nice and not cracked is really really difficult but uh yeah tv lamps uh yeah. what about you what would you say is your favorite well, if you had to if you pulled my arm and made me decide it would definitely be lava lamps mm. i am obsessed with the vibe they just are they're just perfect i always joke that i was born in the wrong era because my whole life basically from you know nose to toes to home is just 60s and 70s in my life and so the lava lamps are a very important component of my identity i would say yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I I think that that is the reason. I feel like I know you a little bit by now. <laughs> That's the reason I invited our next guest on to be um, to talk to us today is because uh, Jacob Fishcow is the owner and proprietor of Ozone Gifts in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and we had a lovely discussion with him about lava lamps and their history and their future and what that looks like. And it's kind of a parallel conversation with Neon, we think. So uh, take it away, Jacob. 
My name is Jacob Fishcow. Um, I got started into Lava Lamps specifically. Uh, I used to be uh, a manager at a glass blowing facility. So we used to build uh, accessories for bongs and bongs and pipes. Um, and, and through that, I was managing around like 12 or 13 glass blowers uh, from multiple years. And I was doing all their marketing and stuff. So I was really tied into the cannabis and glass collection culture. So I was like, really, like that was like my whole life. Um, to the point where like, yeah, I was working at the glass facility. And then I also started my own company before ozone gifts, uh, called Terp wipes, which is a cleaning, cleaning product for pipes. Um, but where it all goes is that I had a very keen interest in glass. And, um, after I left the cannabis industry, after just being in it for so long, um, I still obviously had this passion for glass and glass collecting. However, I wasn't really using my pipes and quite frankly, I wasn't really smoking that much anymore. Um, so I kind of just like took my interest in glass and glass art collection and that culture and that community. Uh, and I kind of just looked elsewhere. Right. And uh, after I left the glass job, I started getting really into thrifting. I was doing a lot of yard sales and just eBay flips. You know, I, I was doing video game resale. It was super hot on eBay. Um, but then through that and through those garage sales, I found my first lava lamp. Um, Ooh. I was like, oh, like this is cool. And of course, like I'm just totally profit minded at that time. I'm just trying to make make it by by flipping things online. And I found this lava lamp for super cheap. And I look it up online. I'm like, oh, damn, like that's a that's a pretty good margin just for reselling something. And you know, this is pretty cool. But then when I got it uh, and this happens a lot, I feel like with people that resell things is they buy something and then they find it's really hard to sell it. And it's like you end up just liking it way more than you ever had thought that you would. Um, so I, I bought this lamp and I just had become completely infatuated with it. And, um, so I just was doing, uh, the lamp I got was missing a cap. So I, I looked online, how do I find this cap? Blah, 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 blah. I found, uh, through that I was on Instagram. I did hashtag lava lamp. I don't know why I was just, just how I was trying to find a cap for some reason, just hashtag lava lamp. It's going through Instagram. And I found this page lava lamp. Oh, uh, what was it called? Lava lamp guardian. So it was like, it was like 200 followers, whatever, you know, like a thousand posts. Um, and so I'm like, dude, who is this? And I'm, I'm just scrolling through and then I see, I see it. The the thing that, that started like the entire like obsession with lava and there's this photo. I can probably bring it up too. It's a, it's a photo of like this gigantic, probably like six foot tall cylind cylindrical lava lamp. And uh, the caption was like 1960s imperial lava lamp. And I was like, what? Like, what is that? Holy you know, like, shit. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. I was like, what, what is that thing? Like, I didn't even know they, I didn't know lava lamps were even that old, you know? And so that I, you know, go on Google, Imperial Lava Lamp, uh, history, blah. And I just start finding these forums, these back-ended things where I'm like, I'm on these unsecured websites, you know, like where I'm just like, do I even want to click on this link? I don't know. I click on it and <laughs> photos. It's so cool. And um, that that just unleashed the the wormhole of like me understand uh, almost like me putting the connection between glass glass art culture and uh, lava lamp collection culture. The the difference was the people are way better in the lava culture. Like they're just more wholesome people. They're not less focused <laughs> flexing on flexing their money and you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but the coolest thing to me was the fact that the history was completely documented. So like mm. lava came out in 
you know, 1965 about um, when they started to be sold, you know, retail. And every single model since then is documented. And there's photos of it and there's a year attributed to it and there's color ranges and there's models and it's so well done and it's done by the community entirely. Um, I was just totally blown away. So like at my fingertips at that exact moment, I had the entire lava history like there, which is ready for me to read. And I was like, this is so cool. So it's amazing. Went, yeah. And it's there for you guys too. I, literally the woman who's uh, responsible for it is this uh, awesome superstar in the community, uh, Autumn Palmer. Um, and she runs the website called Lava Library. So if you go up and go Google, let's look up Lava Library, you'll find her site, which is a complete history of lava lamps um, and all of their collectible models from 1960 all the way up to current day. Well, uh, please excuse me while I go down a lava lamp uh, rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. that's like that will legitimately um, consume a good part of your, you know, your, your evenings as you as you piece through it. But you will learn legitimately. This is why I like it so much. You will legitimately learn everything there is to know about the history. I love and it. So then all of a sudden, like, you know what to look for when you're buying, when you're out looking for lamps, all of a sudden, you know what to uh, expect, you know, where the, like, you know, you know why lava isn't as collectible now. Like, it's just, you, you really just understand it. And uh, for me, that was just really satisfying. And like, you know, for me, it's a lot easier to explain that market to someone than to explain the glass pipe market, for instance, which is like run on, you know, just liquid money, essentially. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it's just, you know, and you'll find it, I'm sure, like, you know, the same with Neon, you know, there's a lot of, I think that, like, the more that you can kind of convince people of uh, almost like, you know, the the strength of the community, you know, and, and like, kind of the viability of its, like, history, the the further you can push the actual object, you know, the lava lamp. So, um, yeah, I, I was just, like, really amped to kind of start that journey through like thrifting and kind of just like coming upon it somewhere in there. I decided to try to figure out how to fix them. Um, <laughs> and then that's, yeah, yeah. that's, I have, a, I have questions about yeah, that because so many, we were, we were talking about earlier how like supposedly the, the liquid inside a lava lamp is like a guarded secret yeah, according to like the internet and what I've read is so is that true or is there is it like kind of someone's figured it out and it's just kind of like hush hush <laughs> yeah i think i think it is for the most part totally true i think that the original formula is not known um and it's changed throughout the years for sure so like you will talk to people that don't even really know that much about lava lamps i i was at a uh flea market recently and there was a guy and I, I you know as I pass people vendors I'm like hey you got any lava lamps whatever you know where any lava lamps are whatever <laughs> and, uh, that's pretty much, that's, I have to say that and um obviously yeah. and uh, one guy was just like yeah no don't have any lava lamps but he looked at me and he was like but they just don't flow like they used to <laughs> I was like you're, you're totally right they just don't flow the easier and and like so you'll notice like within the lava collector community there's almost like zero collection of the new lamps right the only ones that are collectible are the ones that were made in the united states in chicago with the secret formula right so like the formula that's now produced overseas in china to kind of accommodate the mass distribution is a completely different formula than what they were using here in the states and that's probably on purpose like um like when lava sold that recipe over they probably gave them a different recipe An yeah. adjusted recipe yeah to keep there through my so it doesn't feel weird. 
I will say that like um, it seems like the formula that they're running now, uh, it well, it's definitely cheaper, but it also seems like it's formulated around making sure that the wax and fluid makes it over from China without getting like banged around on the globe. Yeah. Uh, so like, whereas before that was, that was just shipping from Chicago to Philly or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't really, you know, on like a sea freight, you know, somewhere. Um, so like, I think that now the formula is really actually, you know, it flows blobs, which is cool, but it's actually there so that it doesn't like uh, get smeared and broken in transit. Um, but yeah, the, the old formula is definitely still a secret. Uh, there was at some point like a, a blip in the uh, lava lamp kind of history in which uh, someone did two occasions. One person chugged a lava lamp uh, when they were like there's some it was like some like lush, like drunk person, you know, um, that was just like in a daze and like reached next to their bed and like cracked what they thought was like a beer, you know, but like it was a bottle cap off of a lava lamp <laughs> and they just like chugged it. And um, and so obviously the dude that like, goes to the hospital because he's realized he chugged a lava lamp. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if he like, started sick or something or was just like, oh, shoot, like that wasn't Guinness, you know? Um, <laughs> Definitely but, like, not Guinness. It's <laughs> yeah, some weird, weird flavor. So, so check, we know there's an alcohol flavor component. We just don't know what the combination of other liquid to alcohol content it is. Yeah. I can't comment on the flavor because I haven't tried it yet. But um, mm -hmm. but but what happened was he ended up going to the hospital and like in order to treat the guy properly, uh, the I guess like the doctors or whatever requested the chemical composition of the lamp and the I think it was it was a shilling it, whatever the current holding of lava lamp at that point probably lifespan the company lifespan uh, gave them the toxicology thing you know the here is what the formula is so that actually is out there um you can find that uh like that release and in that you know they list their formula as basically just a combination of water and i mean a lava lamp is like water and wax um but you know they furthered it with a little bit of you know it's water with some antimicrobial with some uh some stuff to take some heavy metal out of the water and then like the real magic and i can say this like in the podcast like after doing all this testing and, and like whatever everyone always thinks it's like the wax that's the magic the old wax is what's flowing better it's actually it's the fluid it's like whatever they were using in the old fluid is what was making it like goopy and undulating and, and nuts um so yeah, whoever, like, whoever, the old chemists, like, they definitely have that old formula, and they're not giving it away. And I think it's probably because I, I can't say for certain, but I, I, I do see lava eventually coming back into the States uh, for, like, a more, like, a artisanal production. Like a boutique product. I can't say too much, yeah, but, um, yeah, but yeah that, that, interesting. that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's so um, cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know about you, Allison, but my first experience with a lava lamp was like at Spencer's Gifts at the mall. Um, because I used to work at Hot Topic, so we go to Spencer's oh. a lot. On my, on <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, so good. Was that like technically like a competitor or were you guys kind of like friendly stores back in the day? I actually got in right at the last two years of before the Gap bought Hot Topic. Um, oh, right. 
Yeah. And it was actually a really cool place to work. I mean, it still was afterwards. Not not much changed for the retail people like me, but like the managerial stuff, they there was a lot of like problems there. But, um, you know, you still got to wear whatever you wanted and dress however you wanted. But like you got to like go to concerts for free. They would reimburse you for tickets. Whoa. If you told the company what people were wearing uh add a little survey they would do it but a uh, spencer's fascinating no, was, yeah no because spence we were mostly closed so yeah. at that time we didn't really go i mean right now it's it's a bunch of funko shit and all that stuff and i don't even think spencer's is around anymore i think they closed at all. I'm pretty sure um but like a, a few times i've had like in the shop i used to work in and i think in my shop now you know oh, that, i think cool. even even in the 90s Spencer's was selling like um, novelty lit up objects. Like a couple of Marilyn Monroe neon signs have come into um, my life that are just look like like the worst potato Christ version of Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Yeah, and I know exactly the ones you're talking about because (laughs) yeah, Spencer did for a while did vend like large neon signs, and I don't know where they got them. And I don't assume they're like the highest of quality, but no, yeah. well, I no, mean, definitely, was, no. They're cool because they were made again to ship across, you know, because they were also being made overseas, probably at that, maybe yeah. not at that point, but eventually. So, like, they were in these amazingly like in- engineered, like clamshell, uh, vacuum formed plastic, black on the back and clear on the top kind of things that like yeah. protected everything, but in the shape of her outline, it was pretty. Um, yeah. That was the impressive thing. It wasn't the bending. The bending was not, uh, the glass was not good. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah, But the packaging, I was like, oh shit, this is, I wish I had a vacuum former. This would be really cool for art and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah and, and then you get into like the evolution of the lava lamp. I assume you still call them lava lamps where it's like the glitter lamp. The glitter ones. That yeah, was the glitter one I think I, I first owned, a, like, a, I've never owned an actual lava lamp. I think I've only owned glitter, glitter lamp. lamp. Yeah. Yeah, I am so shocked right now. Sorry, I'm, like, yeah. a little bit, like, shocked and offended. I feel like yeah. our relationship is in the balance right now. I'm just saying. Hey, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with glitter lava lamp. I'm no, I'm saying. saying that they're great, but that you need a real lava lamp. I do. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm willing it to happen through our yeah. Guests. I know we're like I, before you came on we were like mm, how can we just like put a little birdie in his ear to like put us at the top of the list for the things to <laughs> buy for him. I would sell a kidney for that Garfield lava lamp. I'm just saying. Oh uh, yeah, whole kidney. <laughs> yeah, well if I I'll tell you if I find more uh more Garfields or more of the ceramic icons, you guys could be at the top of the list for sure. Yes, Thank yes. You. definitely. Um, you know if there's anything that you guys are looking for in particular like any models or whatever i'll definitely snipe them for you you know i'm looking <laughs> I, i'm looking for the gigantic ones like have you seen that they make the new like three foot four foot ones yeah so those are called grandes i'm looking for a grande, grande. but i don't want a pink one and a, that's a pretty tall order because i've only seen them in pink and pink is not me at all so yeah they they pretty much they sell they sell three colors of that right now. It's like blue and yellow, and then purple and pink, and then uh, something else in pink. Yeah, so they have a lot yeah. of pink grande. No to uh, the pink. Yeah. Yeah. No. We can, no, I mean, no. I do over here. It's like you know, I just do like any color, you know, any customization, yes. any color fluid, whatever. I've been messing around with some cool UV colors. Uh, <gasps> Whoa. Backlight stuff. Yeah. So that sounds amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I've been obsessed with the seventies since I was sentient, I feel. And so (laughs) she came out with fringe out of the world. Yeah. I came out in bell bottoms and with fringe (laughs) and uh, my mother can confirm that for us. Um, so I, the, I I was so excited when DJ was like, let's have this person on the podcast. And I was like, yes, please. And so um, I just wanted to share that, like, I've just always been obsessed with the 60s and 70s and the lava lamps and I am some of the plasma vessels are like major staples in both vibe and aesthetics for those time periods. And so uh, my very first lava lamp I ever got was in junior high. And our Costco had a double deal. One was a lava lamp and one was a glitter lamp. And you got them oh. both. And <laughs> they were they were something like $13 for both. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yoink. And I had, I had those like all the way until we moved back to the Seattle area. And I don't know where they are. So for my birthday two years ago, my partner gifted me a new lava lamp. So I have one lava lamp in my life right now. Yes. And, and I'm definitely looking for more so oh cool well it, it's funny yeah. as you said that i i know of the exact uh product that you were referring to i think yes. that was uh yeah it was like this bundle where they had, and there were smaller lamps right they were like little tiny ones actually no the ones that i got were were full size oh, i was actually sh- yeah okay. i was shocked because i thought oh these can't possibly be re- no 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 they they were in fact the one i have now is definitely maybe two-ish inches shorter they they were actually mm-hmm. like gigantic i was shocked them that's pretty cool yeah well i mean that's that's the thing like i found that very common for most people is that like you know they had a lamp when they were younger and like you know now they just like want another one you know or it has it definitely has the sentimental value and i tell i tell people all the time you know it's like lava lamps i feel like are booming again now because people style like right now like when they're styling their homes in that way they in the 70s the mid-century the atomic era that's really hot right now and like you said like a lava lamp is a quintessential mid-century modern item. You know what I mean? So bring back uh, the conversation pit. Bring it back. Give it to bring me. Bring it back. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, tell me twice. But you know, I, it's the cool thing about like you know, I, I I get excited when you know I start to refer to lava lamps as an interior interior design item. You know, before they were really recognized as you know mood light, novelty light. But when you are curating a full home uh, in mid-century decor, like you need to find a proper lamp. You can't just find like a century that like kind of flows. Like now that they like properly have like, like I can make a perfect century now, you know? So like, that's where I'm starting to really like focus and own in on is like, if someone's trying to make like a, you know, like a era, like a timepiece room, you know, like then I'm going to be the guy that you refer to, to get like that perfect lamp, you know? Totally. And that's kind of like, that's where I'm focused on like the refurbishment. Obviously, Lava, the company will continue to innovate like themselves, you know, um, but I'm really kind of just focused on like the vintage repair, the stuff that they won't continue to make. You totally. Know? Like, you know, sure. the, the, the less commercially popular models from back in the day, you know. Um, Even so. the things that were mass produced back then, because things are so mass produced now in a mm-hmm. way that's like people couldn't even fathom at that point. I feel like repair is so important because it's trickier with like 50s stuff on mm-hmm. down because things start become plasticky things and then it's back bakelite plastic and it fucking it's like powder now and um etc so like we have to deal with that with a lot of beer, beer sign repairs um yes. because the, the the not necessarily the glass is broken but like all the supports on the glass are made of shitty plastic so 
here we go like gotta like repair all of the kind of new materials at the time that didn't necessarily live very long yeah and you have the advantage too because like you know lava light is i think a lot newer than neon um you know as a as a craft so like yeah you know, i i only and like you said bake light that's as far back as pretty much we go with the materials is yeah the oldest ones have like a you know bake light uh feet or caps or whatever which are brutal. hold up um, there's bake there's a lava lamp with a bakelite top <laughs> or bottom no. oh yeah well it's all the centuries for instance uh the bottom disc is bake light no yeah. amazing okay sorry i'm just gonna quietly be in sit in that for a second I'm well amazed. yeah and if you have any, <laughs> if you have any knowledge of bakelite we can definitely talk later because it's the one piece of it's like the one piece i like i like take i polish it and like you know i don't really do much else with it um but like yeah i mean if you have any like kind of care instructions for bakelite or how to work with it then like for sure i'm all ears because i think you're supposed rough. to like um you it's like leather you have to uh introduce oil yeah back okay. into it because it dries out yeah but i don't know what kind of oil so that would be the um but i i do know that about bakelite from jewelry yeah jewelry stuff (laughs) um i wanted to ask you jacob are you familiar with geisler tubes Ooh, geisler tubes i can't say that i am i don't it's a fun um it's a so it's like basically the the great great granddaddy of of a plasma vessel or anything um that you would see from larry albright at um spencer's gifts like the plasma ball um shout out to our mona plasma episode go back yes do that um but uh you said that was uh, responsible for that his His name's name's larry Larry albright Mm -hmm. ah okay yeah i i uh i feel like i connected with a fellow mundy hepburn yeah mundy's great yeah yeah he's great yeah, Larry uh, yeah. unfortunately passed away uh, almost two years ago. Yeah, pretty recent. Um, Wait, Mundy did? L- Larry. Larry. Oh, Our, well, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mundy's still alive. He's good. He's doing good. I know. Um, I feel like I was just talking to him. So I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Um, but Larry was the one who was responsible for like uh, figuring out how to mass produce the Tesla ball that everybody knows they can, like, I think Spencer's gifts. And yeah. then also, I think you posted a Lumasource like disc recently that you have for sale. I'm sorry. Like the phosphorescent beads, like oh yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, the beads too. Yeah, so all oh, of that yeah. is like his design. Oh, I have wow. one in my living room. I have one of the balls, um, mm-hmm. and and mine has like a music setting, so if you it'll it'll react to sound. Um, cool. But um, going back to oh, so so the Geisler tube is so back in the day when neon and plasma gases were discovered it was like 1900 it was around 1901 in england and his name was ramses and he basically like just figured out oh hey if we put this we put nothing but this pure gas in this tube and seal it and shake it up really hard it'll glow like isn't that crazy and then like 10 years go by possibly 20 years go by before the first sign is actually made out of it people figure out what to do with this technology but in between there there was a scientific glassblower named Geisler and every scientist back then had to be a glassblower because no one else was making your shit for you. You had to do it yourself. So every, everybody was making all that crazy shit you see like in Frankenstein movies and stuff. And so he would basically take two electrodes or like pieces of wire and encase them on either end of this really cool shape. He would bend out of like six millimeter glass. A lot of them look like 
spirals and then there's one that has like blowouts and then he would introduce phosphors and then he would pump them and then he would take them to like they basically were like the first novelty light because electricity was really new and only the rich people had it so you would he would like sell them as kind of cool things to bring to a party where you'd go hook it up to your friend's electricity and it would it would do these crazy like tesla things or like plasma action and that was like basically the first plasma vessel kind of like lava lamp adjacent thing that i know of Um, holy shit yeah as you're saying this stuff i just did like a quick they're great yeah google search i'm on this one website crt site and they have the whole gallery of what yeah you can buy like replicas i've seen them before that aren't too expensive actually on ebay and stuff because they're not super hard to make they're really simple um dj just you just made one like a few months ago with some hand pulled tubes i made a big yeah like a big one closed circuit neon sign that you just have to like touch to a power source yeah i mean it's just a neon tube but the difference is that it's well usually they're not that small and uh he can you for a plasma vessel you can mix gases for neon we don't usually mix gases unless it's for like temperature reasons so Mm -hmm. our our options are like neon red argon blue but if you're doing plasma and you're trying to do fun action you can add helium you can add a little xenon you can add a little krypton and it all all acts differently and that's kind of the magic of it is that's how you get like the greens and the The purples yeah yeah crazy so nice what's up with like are they just mad collectible or what yes yeah and very like... rare um yeah. i think the smithsonian has a few um but that's it. i mean yeah he like probably didn't make that many himself yeah, i was gonna say um, he only have made so many you know i think he just like made a couple and was like this is my name now <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm looking at some of these like for I'm looking at one and it's like tubes in colored liquid. Like, are you kidding me? This is some serious stuff. Yeah, like look at this thing. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so that's butyl oil. That shit's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Hell, it's so toxic. It's a very, I don't, yeah, it's a toxic. I don't know what it's actually made out of, but it's a very, it bubbles at a very, very, very low temperature. Yeah. And so once the neon gets a little warm, it does this crazy bubbly thing, which it's probably doing in this picture. We just can't see it. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's just like butane or something. Do you know if it's like conductive? Because that's the main thing is we, it can be in the rain and the weather, but you know, water can conduct electricity. So I'm sure they're probably like a little, uh, like angry when you touch them at the certain points. (laughs) (laughs) This is so not like foolproof. I don't know, but like I, so I'm working on my own line lamp. So like I, nice. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of. Put history. us at the top of the waiting list. Sorry for <laughs> nothing. Uh, like I, mean, I, I'm very like uh, collaborative in spirit. Like I, I, and like I said, I've managed and worked with glass blowers like essentially like my whole kind of like career. So I'm really excited to be able to do that now with lava lamps. Yeah. And there's a the company that predates the lava lamp company. Uh, it's called Florence Art Company. You can find out about that company on lava library as well um but they were in chicago illinois as well in 1964 i think like literally like one year right before lava lamp started producing in the states and um they made exclusively glitter lamps though and they didn't have you know they didn't have that classic kind of conical shape they just it was just a cylinder 
and they kind of had these little pedestal they're very basic you know um but they they killed it and like their their lamps are super collectible now i have like maybe four of them after like three years of collecting so they're like dumb rare um but uh that company is like gone and no one owns that company um so i like you know i was just like oh like interesting like i you know i i was already like going to start my own lamp line that was going to involve just straight cylinders uh so that i can kind of employ my network of glass blowers to just make me cylinders um of various colors and design and sure stuff like that. um because that's like the name of the game is if you can just pump out tubes so you can just make those tubes super cool like uv reactive dichroic windowed whatever um and then you can just make really cool <laughs> yeah we're both just yeah. like our minds are like completely blown. We're so excited. Continue. Listeners, yeah. you can't <laughs> see the size of my eyeballs right now. They're like really well, big. This is why I got excited when I used to show me something like this Geisler tube thing because now it's like now that it's my company and now it's my and now that I can't imagine that actually being a thing. Like why why can't I make that? Why can't I make a lava lamp with like some neon inside of it? You know, um, for instance, you know, and like oh lava company will never do that because lava right. company currently is owned by Schilling and Schilling is a kid's toy company and they own Big Wheel, they own Slinky um, and you don't see Big Wheel or Slinky out there collaborating with other corporate entities like for instance like Lego is doing. Lego's like destroying it for like toys you know like totally totally absolutely destroying it. Nintendo collaborations like you can't get much bigger you know yeah Um, but like and then you look at Lava and you're like where like where's your like where is it the very least where's your Keith Haring collab you know like where's like your, <laughs> your basic fucking bi- basic bitch collab and you don't yeah. even have it so it's like yeah. they're never yeah. gonna do anything cool like that so I get really excited where I get to kind of run with the Florence art design um which is this the tubular kind of shape with just a basic pedestal um but then it's just like the sky's the limit you know like now we can get back to business as, as I like to say where lava was sold off where they were at a certain point in the mid nineties, a collaborating company. Like for instance, you mentioned Lumisaurus earlier in this conversation. Lumisaurus yeah. was kind of like lava lamp, but they were just plasma and like black light and neon and stuff. Well, not really black light, just plasma and like glow things. Um, Interesting. Like in the nineties, like lava lamp and Lumisaurus just started collabing on stuff. They're just like, yo, like, like, let me get some plasma. Let me get some lava lamp parts. And like, they started like making products together. And it was like, super cool and i was like i was so impressed by it all um but then at a certain point it you know the lava lamp reformed or reconsolidated and so did spencer gifts and so did all these other things so it just kind of lost its pizzazz you know um but then it's like yeah i see this stuff and it gets so hyped because i'm like you know the world of of lighting and novelty goods was so like harmonious for so long and now it's like like completely splayed out and now it's like hey like what's like the technology has literally gotten better so like why don't we just like bring this all together now uh then you know i feel like we'll really start to be able to make some like top tier items you know like yeah i'm not really even really considering production i'm considering like you know this these are the items that we will submit to smithsonian you know like or like i mean that's cool Um, yeah we are making the antiques of the future yeah so what i'm hearing (laughs) is what i'm hearing you say is you're officially partnering with radiant neon and hex neon to make you some geisler turps tubes to go inside of your new lava lamp line (laughs) that's what i'm hearing that is the uh yeah that's the official announcement (laughs) i I just learned about what a geisler tube is yeah Uh, exactly exactly yeah yeah 
I don't know how we're making them, but we're doing it. So we're gonna I do it. it. Yeah, like you said, like, I think there is kind of. Uh, I think it is amazing that at a certain point they're just like, I need to build this thing. Like yeah. we need this. We need this exact thing. Like we'll just draw it real quick. Okay, let's just. <laughs> Specifically that, like back in the day when they were using their fucking foot pedals to pull, yeah. blow air into their get their their fires, they weren't even using like straight up bellows. A foot bellows. I feel like an I feel like an idiot every day. Everything is handed <laughs> to me, and like on a silver platter, basically compared to these people's lives. And like it's just it's just amazing to like think about. But yeah, I mean, that's really exciting to hear about your um specifically that there's like. A company that existed that no longer exists because of outsourcing that you now can kind of like, I don't want to say piggyback on, but kind of like use their their model in a way and their and their design that's simple simple for your friends to reproduce anyway um, into something cool and new and interesting and unique for you. I think that's like that's the fucking American dream. <laughs> Taking it back. It's, it's actually yeah, it's really interesting, and I I won't take the credit for that kind of. Um you know, that uh, approach almost, because I have a good friend uh, in Anaheim, California right now, his name's Brian Newman. And he owns, uh, he, right now he owns the company called Dappy and Glow Store, which were subsidiaries of Spencer Gifts. Dappy, uh, Dappy, I think specifically was like Neon and Blacklight. And Dappy was like glow in the dark items. Um, and But they were like, they were either subsidiaries of Spencer's or they were like vendors to Spencer's. Like they supplied Spencer's like with those mm -hmm. goods. I'm uncertain of their relation. But my friend Brian acquired uh, like Daffy and Glow kind of like slept while Spencer's like kind of continued on. But he bought Daffy and Glow a couple of years ago. And just so that he can start kind of like uh, he was a big fan of, he was like a mall, like a self-professed like mall rat, like loved the mall, loved going like going to Hot Topic, going to Spencer's, just like hanging around, looking at the products. Like he like remembers all the old products. And so his goal was to go and get the, buy this company, buy this company and then try to like breathe life into these defunct products that like were no longer in production. For instance, like uh, the kinetic, the kinetic sculptures, like, you know, the mm -hmm. for, like, petrol motion things, but they have a battery, but you know, like the little yeah. things that move um you know like there's a whole line i don't know if you remember and maybe in the mall too it was called natural wonders just knickknacks and stuff but he bought he bought natural wonders and then reproduced all of their kinetic toys so like oh my god so i was like wait a minute you can just do you can just do that you can just buy you can just <laughs> buy a thing find out where it was produced like the factory get them the factory to reproduce that thing in massive amounts and then redistribute that item yep uh, you, you can just do it hashtag and capitalism and booyah yeah, and I was like, damn, like that is so cool. And not only, like you said, like not only am I able to create this new product line that's like really cool that, you know, my friends can create here in Philadelphia, like all an American made product. I can create jobs out of it and make a really cool product. But like, yeah, like you said, I just, yeah, the whole thing is just like so satisfying uh, for it all to come together. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I'm just really. Yeah, I mean, it, I believe like the, the um, outsourcing and the, the, the 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 trajectories throughout history of lava and plasma and neon kind of are I wouldn't say they're exactly the same but I think they're very similar like a lot of things like hand hand lettering for example and they're all experiencing this renaissance right now where I mean if you as a neon shop if you survived the 90s 
into the early 2000s, which was a hard time to be in neon, like a shop with real vendors, because that's when all the beer signs went away. That's when all the channel letter backlighting at like Kmart's and stuff used to turn started to turn into LEDs because all that oh. was like the bread and butter for a really long time was every find every plastic letter was a piece yeah, of neon. Mm-hmm. And then that was also like and it didn't matter what it looked like. So you could hire apprentices to do that work and they would learn, mm-hmm. but they could fuck up and still make a piece that would like light the back of the K, right? So it was a really good system that went away. And and now if you survive that and you have a couple vendors left, like I just came back from uh, where I first started in Atlanta. Um, it's called the Neon Company. They are so busy. They work with a lot, the, all the movie industry down there and everything else. So it's like, it's a good problem to have. Right. Um, but it, and, then, and then you add the LED flex neon bullshit into the conversation, which we will not go on a tangent about. Yeah. No. Um, I I I won't go down the tangent with the LED flex neon thing. However, I will I will like kind of at least bring up the fact that I think it is interesting though that you know now we're at a different place where the te- the technology is better uh, with like interfacing. For instance, you were saying you have a plasma piece that's like sound responsive, right? Like it just has like a microphone. But if you were to make that product today, it would just connect to your phone via Bluetooth, and it would be like responsive via like literally the sound wave that it's reading, right? So like. I think that there's a lot to play where, you know, like this is kind of like a, a own topic of its own, but I think that there's like, there's a lot of room for these products to become better, you know? And, um, and that's where I think maybe they could come back into the States, you know, like for instance, the sculptured Electra thing you're talking about, which is the twisted, the hand, the hand twisted piece of tubing, you know, um, it's like the twisted plasma. Um, like, I think that that could like easily be made here in the States. Uh, all I need is just that bottom, you know, and mm-hmm. like, I have someone that fills gas here in Philly. Uh, I'd just like to say, all I need is that bottom, but. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> all I need is the bottom, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I guess you guys would mm. probably tell me, you guys would know better, but I guess it does all just come down to like the access to the transformer, right? Like just a consistent transformer or like a base or something, you know? Which they uh, make. Yeah. There's, there's tons of single electro, tra- yeah, I mean, honestly, if you want to dive into it, we... We aren't plasma makers specifically, but they're very adjacent and it's very similar. Um, we make neon, so there's two electrodes which complete the circuit. Most plasma tubes are a single electrode, which I'm sure you already know that. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's like uh, most of our suppliers have at least a single electrode base that you can use. That's like why I brought up that guy, Mundy Hepburn. Uh, he- mm-hmm. Hepburn. Yeah, uh, Mundy's great. Yeah, his work is really amazing. Great. Yeah, he was kind of the guy I was deferring to for a lot of like my questions when I was uh, kind of like mulling the stuff about like bringing, for instance, bringing the uh, the Lumisource projects back into the States. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, there's, there's plenty of, I think, you know, that's where I, I get most of my excitement and kind of go back to the previous topic, like the kind of like the capitalistic approach to like bringing back old products. But like, I almost feel like we're kind of single-handedly like saving this era of design and uh, and specifically for us, like novelty, like these, this era of like toys and collectibles by putting them back into production and then re-exposing them to an audience that didn't get to see it. Um, so that's where I'm excited for like the novel goods thing. Um, but then like, you know, with like neon, you know, I feel like that's kind of happening again too. I was kind of curious, like I was thinking about neon. I've always, my perception of neon has always been kind of like an outside medium, right? Like I, neon generally for me, like I've always seen it like, outside the house you know like outside like you said signs or like whatever. a sign like a sign marketing right, signs, or in windows as signage you know um 
but now, now nowadays, I feel like, and this kind of bridges to the topic as like, you know, these are interior design goods. I feel like more people are really incorporating neon inside their home now. I think it's really special. And I think it's like just kind of important to take a note on right now. And that I feel like people are bringing, bringing light inside now. And I think that's just like really playing a part into also like with the, with the lava stuff too. Like, you know, like people are really like just cherishing their lighting a lot more, which is really cool. Yeah, so. I think um, you meant you touched on, I think the reason for that, one of the reasons earlier, and you're saying the technology is just getting better. Like before, right. before I think, I don't know exactly when the first electronic transformer, but so we have two different types of transformers. We have the big piece of metal that's got a, like a coil, chlorine coil inside tar, and it's super fucking heavy, and there's no safety shit on it, and it just goes forever. There are yeah. now. They do have ground bolts well, now, but not. Sure, in the back I, I'm of the sorry. Day. I'm thinking of like old crusty ones, but like, yeah. Now they they now they may still make those type, but they do have safety features on them. And now even more, they make an electronic transformer, which you see way more often, which are like the little black bricks that you yeah. actually sent me. You have to change out one soon for your friend's repair. Ah, uh, right? yes, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So that's an that's an electronic transformer, and those weigh nothing, right? And they have. That three, when you, so when you sent it to me, it was like you switched it on and it was flashing three times and then it stopped, right? That's the safety feature that's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm going to try one more time. And if I don't try one, like if it doesn't work, I'm going to turn myself off so I don't start a fire. Right. Um, and so that's what's turning it into, like turning uh, neon into an, from an outdoor, almost exclusively outdoor medium to an indoor lighting source. Because yeah, it's, it's getting easier. Safety yeah. of each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I am excited. I'm actually running into that wall you know, a little bit with the product design. Is you know the safety of they obviously safety is it's almost UL like certification is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing the UL thing. It, it yeah, it definitely has its benefits uh, for sure. Um, you don't have to get UL certified. I realized. Um, I don't know what that opens you up to, but um, but like for instance, I bought like a fish pump and it, it was like not UL certified, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. yeah i don't know i was like that's really strange but yeah no but i am noticing that safety is like a huge thing and it and it it definitely like will make or break your company it'll break your design of your products it'll just like for instance i'm looking at and it's i'm laughing because i'm looking at the uh fantasia lamps right now and i don't know if you're familiar with those that are fiber optic uh, i can kind of flip the cam i guess oh yeah totally i love those yeah, the, those are like the fiber optic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super cool. Those are like authentic glass sprays. Um, so like they're really thin glass pieces. And the issue with fiber uh, Fantasia, and I was talking to this guy, uh, George Geodasic on uh, on Instagram. He's, I think, the, literally the inventor. Um, he like he was telling me that they like literally shut down because they got so many fucking lawsuits. People like stabbing themselves in the eyeball. Oh. Like yep. killing their cat like all the insane stuff oh, from no. and like it, and so he's like dude on top of like the the spray being its own issue like dealing with underwriter laboratories and like installing a transformer to run the motor plus the halogen bulb like he was like it was a nightmare like in this thing it was just like i every time he wanted to come out with a new product it was just an absolute nightmare and like i was talking to him now and he was like well if i was to do that now He's like, I can use a plastic spray, I can do LEDs, I can do Bluetooth, and I can do like, and I, I can use an external transformer. Like if I need to really need to do anything with water or anything like anything that's gonna shock anybody, you can just plug it into the power outlet on the wall, you know? And he's like, so like now if I was to redesign 
Fantasia. And I was to put it, it would be like so much simpler. And I was like, let's redo Fantasia. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> simpler, like, let's redo Fantasia. Um, and and it's, I mean, he was like, uh, you know, maybe. Um, and this was like maybe a, a year ago. So more, like, I didn't really have my feet in terms of like, you know, making swings at that point. Um, but now I am. And I feel like, yeah, it just makes me think. It's like, I feel like that's kind of the same thing with neon too. It's like as the safety, like kind of things innovate and like things people figure out like, oh, I just need to do this and I can make a home unit or I can make like a production line of a home unit, you know, like, I think that's really cool. Like, I'm excited for people to, like, I see some glass blowers like already starting to make like, uh, you know, plasma filled pipes with a stand that it sits on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, really that's kind of cute. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. Which is also like an older technology that I've read an article somewhere in like Signs of the Times where there was like a bar. It was like a novelty bar where the bar was the the transformer and you put your cups down and the cups were plasma vessels. Yeah. Let's make Um, this happen. Let's just remake that. Can we we get like extra nerdy here for a second? Can we just like recreate uh the bar from star trek next generation and just like design it so that all the tabletops you can set your plasma vessels on oh my oh. god yes oh i i am like so bummed that i didn't bring this in I, I i just got back from new jersey i was just doing this uh i just picked up like a bunch of like stuff but in in the uh in the lot is a calculator it's a neon calculator it's so sick it's Aww. a calculator it's Dude, it's like this big and is this neon running around the whole thing. And every time you type a button, the neon like does something. And then you hit the equal sign, the neon like dances or something like insane. And I'm I was sorry, like, what? Like, I was like, what? They wiggle? Oh yeah, I also had like a wiggling. Ne- Dude, I have I have some cool neon stuff that I've found like throughout the day. I have this one neon pendulum clock. It's a pendulum. It's a, it's a neon tube. I've seen those before. Pendulum. That's cool. So yeah. weird. Um, Actually, it's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking about how there are certain transformers that they used to make specifically for clocks that uh, have a particular, I can't remember if it's like the radio wave, but it can excite either the frequency. Yeah, it can excite either the argon gas, excuse me, the neon gas or the mercury inside of it. So it can change colors from like pink to blue, depending on the phosphor powder. Um. And I have a friend here who's been working on a ton of really interesting circuitry and like building custom circuit boards to do what you were describing from that calculator. So it's like it can actually like turn this on or flash it or blink it or like there's also scripting. So it could like script it from side to side, but it would be in the same circuit board and you could put it on different pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know. We're, we're like talking about these things like oh this would be so cool and then in the background someone's just like they're just like making the coolest fucking thing that we have <laughs> yeah I, I get excited to just be in the in the vending business because i i yeah. like to be able to find these people and be like oh my god like i need a whole order of that you know what i mean like because that is the coolest thing i just need to show everybody you know like that's kind yeah. of like that's where i'm hoping to get with ozone is that like you know i like you like you guys like i can just be like oh you guys are sick like let's do like a little you know work a thing out we'll we will blow each other up you know like, totally that's kind of the whole stick with those and i want to expose people to cool new gifts and art you know so totally okay another yeah. sort of interesting thing i don't know if this it might not interest you and it might so the particular frequencies for each of the electronic transformers are not regulated by anyone 
So depending on like whatever you decide to produce, you could definitely like fool around with the different transformers to test the different frequencies to see. I mean, again, this is like specific to things like the plasma pieces you might find, or if you want to produce any new plasma, um, they, they, they act different. So like, I have a few pieces that, that squiggle, like, like really, really dance as if it's a plasma piece because it's high pressure and has a specific transformer, but it's not necessarily like a plasma transformer. It just has happens to be a frequency that excites it that way and so it's a yeah it's a really fun project to like test which because we have certain suppliers and there's like four-ish companies and like they each have a slightly different frequency and it's kind of fun to explore that each one, each one kind of excites it in a different way yeah that's pretty cool i mean that's where i feel like the testing can get just so like uh just so exciting. and tenuous for sure yeah I just feel like, you know, it's like, oh, you're really like, owning in on exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. So are you, like, we've kind of gone through the gambit of, like, novelty lighting. Sure. Um, except for, and I've gotten a few of these pieces before specifically because I really like the, like, plasticky. Well, specifically because, like, some of my artwork is in thrift store paintings and it's already a, a frame with a box behind it. So that's, like, half the way there for me. So I just kind of rip the shit out of it usually, but those um moving water pieces that oh, are yeah. backlit that like have dolphins usually or like something, and it's got like a little tiny piece of plastic that moves in a little thing. Do you ha so, do you, you have any like the, the vessels that like teeter back and forth almost? No, these are like wall wall art. Yeah, all on the wall, and it's like just a, a like a clear vinyl sticker on on a glass oh. piece. And yeah. then there's like moving shit behind it. So it's kind of got a 3D vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any, like, do you think there's like, I, I wonder, like sometimes I wonder in my life, like how how far can the kitsch collector market go, right? Like <laughs> how- That's the end. I, I fucking, I hate those things. I, <laughs> yeah, I, that's I literally asking, hate like, them. When are they, the, when are those things gonna be <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. I think that there is no bounds, no boundaries. But feel free that's to state your me. case. Go yeah, for no, it. That's just a me thing. But they're pieces of shit. So obviously. And, and and it literally just comes from me like over the like when I was first getting into reselling this stuff, I was like, oh, like I would find these things and then I'd like plug them in and they'd be like super like because they rely on these like little plastic motors to like kind of like you know, maybe like spin a piece of vinyl sheet in the background but eventually it gets so loud that like you're like you're like your piece of art on the wall is like clicking and shaking and you're like, <laughs> you're, like, what the fuck? like like why did i do this to myself like, starting a fire dollars. like why did i do this you know like, you're I, gonna I, start the fire i've had these things and i've, I've just had like just self-anger and just be like why did i fucking do this to myself that's why and i just use the frames joy of our lives why do we do yeah, this like to ourselves? There, there are things that I find out and about that I just do not touch anymore. Like, and most of them are, most of them have plastic motors. I will say like, I, I like, I think I, if, if anything makes a sound and it's not supposed to, I like lose my shit. I'm like, it's not, it, I, I can't. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's I, fair. Had, I had like a perfect, like, like um you know like lava used to make these things called wave machines they're this these vessels yeah with like half mineral oil half water essentially and yeah they would just cascade waves really cool it was awesome um 
And I, I got this guy in New Jersey to like refurbish the vessel. Like, per, you know, it was like a perfect thing. And then I plug it in. It was like, no. I'm like, I like, I spent like a week with it. I'm like, I'm selling this shit. Like, I can't do it. And, and, and ever since then, I've just banned plastic motors because I think they're just so stupid. Um, because and, and that ultimately i think that's the answer that yeah no that's yeah no i don't think because of, because of the plastic motor um i don't think that even if it's in original condition it doesn't matter it's still gonna make noise and i hate it yeah <laughs> no that was that was basically my question is like what do you hate in the novel yeah. Yeah. anything that yeah anything that's just not repairable yeah <laughs> I didn't Although, think I was going to like my my plasma dolphin as much as I do, but it gives me lots of joy when I go and turn my lights on in the studio in the morning. So I, I honestly love the plasma dolphin. I, there, there's like <laughs> a, a, a ton of them out there. Like you'll, because I have like eBay search things saved, you know, for yeah. like Lumos or and every day it's, there's like 20 dolphins. I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. I, you just punch those things out for some reason. I have no idea. Yeah, they're mold uh, made. That's why they're literally. Oh like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're probably yep. just like we got a lot to make here. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I really okay. want to like figure out. Like, I have questions about how to to basically like not mass produce, but like make a small run of like molded things that I can pump with plasma. Just that would That's be exactly. hilarious. That was the exact um, conversation I had with Monty Hepper. And I was like, yeah. I showed him. I, so apparently he is behind the sculpture Electra. Uh, oh, cool. And because it makes sense. If you look at his work, it's like, you know, like all this crazy, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's money's work. Um, but yeah, he was like, he was like, yeah. And that's why I was like, the key is the transformer. That little base thing, like, was the hardest part for Lumosaurus to find. But once they did, yep. it's the base and the electrode, right? Like the yep. electrode. Yeah. Shields, like, once you have those two things, like you, like you were saying, you just have to play around with the gas fill, the frequency of that transformer and base and get the right effect. You know, that's why yep. all the sculptural electras for the most part are the same size, I'm guessing, you know, like, because they can adapt to that amount of gas or something, you know? Um, yeah. And it so has to be totally, a certain wall, wall, wall thickness too is important. Yeah. Yep. The wall weight. Um, I, you guys would have, definitely know much more about like the assembly, but yeah, I can assume the wall weight and like, yeah. And obviously like the phosphorescent coating on the inside, like all these things like you know, go into play um, with like how it actually, fun I mean, but the cool thing is that they all do function pretty much the same. Like, you know, that, that flow of plasma will go up the entire spiral all the way to the tip, you know, um, which is cool. Cause I've seen ones that, that just stop, you know, like maybe halfway through the spiral and like, don't make it to that tip. And it's like, Bleh. but uh and that's a myriad of things. That's that's what we like to call. That's where the art meets the science. Like especially yeah. with a plasma globe, like that's why making them mass producible was tricky. Because like every vessel, even if it seems like the same, could have like the nth mm -hmm. amount of extra yeah. volume, which yeah. would impact the gas fill, which would impact the cleaning process, like all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's crazy, and I think at this point now, like after doing glass production for years, like you know, like running production lines, I feel like I've. I feel like I could design a product now that would be like crankable, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously anything lathe spun would be crankable. Um, 
but no, I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited that you even have that concept too, because that just is refreshing to me that we are on this, like you said, this renaissance, uh, this rebirth of like home neon, right? And totally. like, batches, because like I was saying, now they're coming into the home because the transformer and the technology is safer. So like, yeah, I'm stoked, you know, or I think we're in a really cool era of seeing interior lighting, like, boom, you know? And like, I, I noticed a little bit of it, like when I first started Ozone, I was like, oh, cool. Everyone's on Twitch. Like everyone's like streaming <laughs> online and they've got like, they're like, like their like whole room is LED out and they've got the sunset lamp. And, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like people are like getting like vibey right now. Like wh whether or not it's with neon or lava lamps or not, like it, the, the lighting is becoming prominent and that did, it never stopped. You know, it just continued to go. People are now they have the whole cloud ceiling and now you have now now you have inside neon now you have i mean i've seen a lot of people have those like stupid like led like yeah you know, like their name written in led rope you know pressed into a thing like fuck that yep but like, yep. i'm just saying i'm seeing a lot of like the the lighting come uh come into play again and i just get really excited for you know people like ourselves in that kind of realm uh because i think we're gonna get a lot more attention uh and i think totally. there's like a lot more shows to be had a lot more you know public stuff to be doing. My, my other question to you, and I think about this a lot as well, because I do have a few friends who are in the like um, degenerate art field full time, um, <laughs> who make a lot of money from it, doing yeah. production work and then also designing. And it's because, you know, a whole job market and stuff. Um, my question is how, in your opinion, as someone else who also is obsessed with these things and also like lives with them a lot, like we do, like my opinion is that COVID did this, but maybe it's not all COVID, but I think that being in our homes all the time and those of us who are like able to do that uh, was kind of like, oh, well, this is a shitty, <laughs> shitty place to be all the time. Maybe I'd like to make it <laughs> a little bit nicer and more vibey, like you said, but also like how much of the boom maybe in experiential art or experiential objects that are on a table or on a coffee like in front of the television which is where my plasma ball is so that when we watch movies that goes together um how much is that do you think is like d d like related to like the deregulation of certain substances or like the acceptance of hallucinogenic pharmaceutical reasons therapy stuff like that do you have any like opinions on Oh, totally. Those yeah, I, I was just bringing up that exact point uh, to a, a former toy distributor I was talking to. You know, he was he was talk, talking to me about how like you know these products in like the '90s, the ones that were sold in Spencer Gifts, these psychedelic products, these hippie products. You know, they kind of like died because of that uh, concept that like being a hippie was bad. It was a bad bad connotations, right? Sure. It's slack. But nowadays, it's like if you're like a hippie, you're like you're like woke. You're like you're you're like so, you know you're self aware. You're like you're not maybe square. Conscious. You're not square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and like I think that nowadays, having like a hippie vibe or like a more like I, I would say more down tempo, just like lo fi, like just like easy breezy vibe is is much. <laughs> cooler and much more accepted and i feel like all the stuff that comes with it um is now also coming to be accepted as well you know so uh, yeah i think like a lot of the psychedelic art like you, you know um 
psychedelic art and like cannabis art and stuff and you know that stuff is all going to become much more you know accepted i think um yeah. but yeah i mean for instance the thing i was talking about specifically was just like some of these weird ass like psychedelic objects um like i have this thing here which is uh something that i guess spencer's sold way back in the oh, day oh dear god i remember but, those it's this thing called a psycho box psychodome and it literally is just a box with a mirror and a uh this is just a plastic a ball ping pong but it just like makes these like, absurd little like illusions you know um it's where, like, like an infinity box kind of yeah, yeah. Like, move around. i mean in person it's like way crazy and it also is black light reactive so like in, in the evening it's like really fun to play with but i feel like you know that thing would kill it now if if that was put back into production like if i saw that on tiktok or like you know like instagram like oh, 20 bucks for the, the, the psycho dome i'd be like duh dude like hell yeah you know this is like a hundred percent psycho dome hashtag yeah, psycho dome that's what they're called but I, yeah psycho dome um but when i was talking to the guy yeah i mean like i had to end up like calling i finally found out like who made this on the back and end up like like tracking the guy down on linkedin and everything um but when I was talking to him, I, I was kind of explaining the same, thing. like, hey, like, you know, the reason I want to put this back into production, the reason I think it would do well is because I feel like this groovy box, like this, like, peace, like, you know, peace and love box, like, which was kind of, like, out of style when it was, like, being sold back in 91, is, like, back in style now, you know, because I feel like people actually people actually genuinely like the peace and love and groovy, like, text, the Peter Max aesthetic, you know? And uh, so like, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think, I think that that's like a big driver is that people are like just chilling out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, I love it. Cause like I said at the beginning, I've always been obsessed with these eras. And it usually I get annoyed when like the younger generation brings something back and be like, you don't even know why those are called mom jeans. My mother wore them. That is why they're <laughs> called that. This is not a joke, God damn it. However, I do love that like this vibe is back in style because it means that they could like clothes are in our size. Interesting things that we like are back in style. Like for for the first time ever, I'm actually excited that the 70s vibe is back in style because like A, I fit in for once with my aesthetic, which is the weirdest part. And then B, yeah, just access to that stuff. And I feel like it's really exciting to hear you being kind of on the front edge again of like, we should we should bring this back because it, it takes someone like ourselves to be the impetus to be like, yeah, this would sell again. People are interested in this. And I, I like finding kindred spirits on that front because not everyone has that action oriented mindset. And so I I love, I love what you're doing. I just, just want to add that. Yeah. Yeah. And researching the, the people that made the thing too. Yes. Like, yeah, I just feel, I feel that so hard because yeah. like every time I get a new, neon matchbook from ebay from this like from a shop that doesn't exist anymore i go down a really dark rabbit hole of like what did they make can i find any images can i find some stationery can i find a cup i have this cup up on my table right now it's from the national glass works in uh corning corning glass and it's like 19 it says 1949 chicago neon sign products convention wow. like had no fucking clue that existed now i have this object that proves that it exists and i can go down another even further rabbit hole of like what happened at that conference who said what like who were the presenters what did they do that yeah. is cool i feel like i'm just unearthing that that process myself i went on ebay i think yesterday 
and I found like a 1964 Spencer gift catalog on it. Well, it was like $5. I was like, yep. Uh, <laughs> I cannot wait to just rip, rip, just flip, flip through this thing and just find something like, oh my God. And just, yeah, just do exactly what you just described. Just try to find out as much as I can. I saw in one of the previews, uh, it was so silly to me. I'm really excited for it actually. But um, you know, like the, you know, those pens, the, like you know, back in the day when you like, you can click one color and then and then you're writing in red and then you can click another thing and you can now you're writing in yellow like they had a picture they had a picture of this in like 1960 and it was like 40 bucks in 1960 which is like that's like 150 astronomical that's, that's like 120 dollars something like that now um and it was like it was like multicolored ballpoint pen and, it was, and i was like what like that was so that was like that was like rock your world back in the day you know like yeah i just can't wait to see this stuff that's like that i mean either like that's completely obsolete now or um that just like, i don't know i just i just can't wait you know i just i honestly can't wait and i really do think that like what i'm gonna find myself doing the most you know obviously after i get the whole la uh lamp line launched is is kind of like yeah meandering in these like back you know back rooms of spencer okay. catalogs and <laughs> just trying to figure out cool stuff to bring back that I can put an American made twist on and create some jobs. That's really all like, I'm really all I'm about is like, I really like creating industry, uh, you know, I like creating work and, uh, and a half and happy staff. It's like, so that's like my goal, you know? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Snaps, snaps and applause to that. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I feel, I feel very, I feel amongst friends with the uh, rabbit hole thing. I feel like going down a rabbit hole has this weird, con like negative connotation, but I just feel like we're the drivers who are interested in that information. And it's just like journey. It's just an interesting journey that we usually are on and, you know, love it. Yeah. You know, it's, that stuff always blows me away. It's just that there's a lot to learn out there. It's so much also that. Yeah. 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 Jacob, have you seen, do you have, have you have Netflix? It's like a documentary called the Pez Bandit or something. God damn it. Uh, it's like the <laughs> second person who brought this up. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, you would love it. You know, it's some guy who went and like wrecked Well, the I don't know if I loved it, but oh, okay. it was very interesting the way that he was able to get around the Pez America and go to Pez Russia, which I had no, which was really interesting. Um, yeah. But, you know, I could, didn't care for a lot of the like reenactments. They were lame and stuff, but, and it was way too long. It could have been like half as long, but um. Other than that, and just the fact that people are willing to spend so much money on Pez just because they didn't come in, like, it's so weird. I just, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't it, get it. Someone <laughs> described that that uh, Netflix, and my response was like, oh, it almost sounds like something I would do, um, like, if I was collecting Pez back in the day, you know? It's like, <laughs> well, you're not going to sell me Pez, I'm going to fucking fly to, yeah, Pez Russia. Poland like, fuck, or somewhere. You know, or whatever, yeah, like, but um, I'm there's no, there's no real, like, kind of... Uh, I don't know, like, tying any crosses. Like, I, there's nothing I'm doing today that I feel like is anything like similar. Where I, I oh no, like, no, 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 no! It, it's just the cross. obsession, right? It's the obsession with the product exactly. and like fanatic. Yeah. I like that word. Yeah, yeah, it's the it, fanatical it, behavior that I that I can definitely get down with. Like, I I will enjoy watching someone like essentially lose their mind over Pez. You know, like <laughs> like that. That's essentially uh, what that document is. Just some guys like mental state just slowly deteriorating as he spends every cent he has on Pez, you know? And gets uh, par more paranoid by the day. Yeah, like I'm sure, I haven't even seen it, but I can just assume that's what happens is like, as soon as you get over like 
as soon as you put your life it your life savings into it or whatever like you're fucking you're not going back you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah. I definitely relate to that so strongly, but mine is, <laughs> mine is depression glass. And I had to like put myself on a physical height. Like I had to like put my phone away at nighttime after certain times. So I would stop looking at my reseller friends who were selling my depression glass pattern. Let's just say my husband was like, I'm going to buy you these two cases to put your collection in to like trick me into not filling more cabinets. Right. Glass. They look very nice. They're very nice cabinets. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like that is like eventually what I just need to do with some of like, you know, I have like my glass collectibles, like my pipe stuff. And then I have, now I have the lava novelties. Maybe I should just like build a, a small display cabinet. That way it's just like out of sight, out of mind, you know? Okay. Um, so that leads me to my, my next question for you. What is your, what is like the, the gem, the, the top of the, the collection, the like gold holy star grail. on top of, if you were to build your cabinet, you would build it around it. What do uh, you... Uh, like one lamp, you mean? Yes. Oh man, I have to choose. Well, <laughs> one plasma, <laughs> okay. one lava, one yeah, of each. Well, okay, I, I'll say I I really enjoy, oh, you know, like the 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 line that the Garfield and stuff is part of. Oh my god, <laughs> man! The, the I'm sorry, the sun. I love the sun. Really one. cool, yeah. The celestial icons and Whoa. they're all cool. And the reason I like those so much is because they. I tell people all the time, like they just like literally shouldn't be around because they're made out of clay. Uh, so like, if the thing wasn't fragile enough, like now the base and cap is made out of something that can just like obliterate itself. So, um, so like, yeah, I I I love those lamps. I think they're really cool. Um, for that reason. But um, if I had to like pick my favorite lamp that like, you know, maybe like my favorite model or like, I don't know, something like that. Um, it definitely are going to be these guys, which are the, um, the well, I'll just pulling out, I guess. But yeah, like they're the coach lights. So they're this lantern style lamp. That, oh, yeah. Uh, so those are really cool. Like they came out in the 70s um, and... I just think that they're the most fly thing ever. Like it's just, yeah, no, that's the sick metal finish is very, very yeah. nice. Yeah, that's amazing. The copper is like see, so yeah, they had the copper finishes and stuff, which was like really great. Um, so yeah, definitely the lanterns are my favorite lamps. I think for sure. I mean, there are like other cool ones that like, for instance, like this company over there, like that kind Whoa. of longer one. Uh, oh, one. I want the. I need the phallus lamp so bad. <laughs> Which one? The phallic one? Yeah, I need the green one. Okay, if if anyone has ever listened to our podcast, they know that I'm a child and all I want are all of the sexual things ever. And that, oh, that's awesome. the one. Oh my God. I got the most, I have the most silly uh, phallic thing ever I got today from that Spencer's gift. Yes, 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 yes. It, it actually is funny. It's like a, I guess I can send a picture of it later, but it's called like Wiggling Banana. And it's like... <laughs> It's literally a banana. It's from the eighties. It's like a, it's an eighties vibrator. It's, it's an 80s vibrator. It's sold as a wiggling banana, and it looks like one. And it has this like whomping power supply. Like it looks like it's like this big. Whomping. So you That's have an excellent description. Have a vibrator, and then like a like a cord, <laughs> a huge like like a car battery. Like it's absurd. And then like the box is like. It says like Side table four. Get ready to get groovy and wiggly with your favorite banana friend. And turn <laughs> on and start wiggling all through the night. And I'm, I'm like, this is insane. I and when I was looking at it at first, I was like, I was asking the guy, I was like, what is this? Like, 
like where do you how do you even set this up and he was like dude that's a dildo and i was like oh my god i was like i was just so blown away it was so good so you're gonna have to send me a banana send me a banana pick you, later yeah i'll definitely send you the banana pick later um, the, <laughs> yes, the lamp that you you were curious about actually is pretty interesting that's a that's a um that's like a designer collab that the uk lava company did um so that i don't know if you're familiar but uh lava lamp didn't invent the lava lamp right uh mathmos did so mathmos is a company uh well it was like astro lamp before mathmos but right. mathmos is a company in the uk and um so they they still make like the original lava lamp like in the original factories with the original formula um so like they're really cool but they just don't they have a agreement where they can't sell to the states that's why you don't see any of that stuff here but that cool green one is a uh, it's called a fluidium which is like my favorite word ever uh for a lamp of <laughs> fluidium. um and it was it was a design collab between this guy uh ross lovegrove i think maybe i'm butchering it ross lovegrove and bathmos and yeah it's called a fluidium but really cool shape and yeah it kind of has that like you know bulbous no knobby top yeah. Uh, Nobby top. Nobby you know I'm here top. for that. Yeah. <laughs> all, that's why we're all here on this podcast is for right? the, the Nobby top. top. For the wampus base <laughs> of my banana vibrator. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to show you that later. Um but yeah, no. There Best is like a, there, there is a kind of a silly uh well I will say that there's two there's two kind of like phallically related things within the lava community and and one thing that I, I will plug um so I I moderate and run the uh, the official lava lamp collector gl a global group on Facebook and oh. one of the silly things and totally join if you're listening and uh, uh it's a really fun group but if uh if you if you do get into that group you will notice that every week or so someone will post like a picture of their lava lamp like like when you start up a lava lamp it'll kind oh, of like, yes. shoot some you know uh, columns <laughs> of things upward oh yes <laughs> there's this a is... tendency for that explosion to become somewhat phallic uh yeah. uh almost like all the time it, yes. like, it, it just does it um you so... know i know what you're talking about oh, this yeah. is like my favorite component that's yeah. why you own the lava lamp. I know. Obviously. Um, yeah. Not yeah. for the plug, just for the start. Junior, junior High Allison was definitely Tina from Bob's oh Burgers. Like, oh, her puberty was hard. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, then in that case, then your teenage self would have really enjoyed these, uh, these kind of like weekly installments of just like, oh, some yeah. explosions in, in lava lamps. <laughs> But it's funny because, like, apart from that, like, even like my sister is a couple times. I've like actually, there's like a lot of stuff just in the novelty. Like, here's a plasma uh, that just also kind of phallic shaped uh, as well. You know, I don't know why it all just just keeps happening. Hey, they're columns. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess it is a column. I mean, this one does have like a ball at the bottom. Uh, it kind of so. looks like a thermometer. Oh well, yeah, totally. It sounds actually pretty cool. Oh, that's a Krypton, buddy. That's a Krypton color. Yes, yeah, white. Yeah. And the cool thing, I feel like. Uh, speaking of like noise and electric motors and things like that, but there is actually another thing with neon and plasma. I forgot about that. Like some plasma is like stupid loud. Like that one over there I showed you earlier. Like mm -hmm. so annoying. You know, like it's just, you know. But then that thing is like completely silent. Um, so like I kind of love the silent ones. Like I, that's to me like is almost like I was saying it's almost essential that it makes no sound. You know. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, the, the, you know, that's kind of for, like, I, I don't know about neon. Neon, I don't think makes like beyond like just like the kind of that hum. Usually if there's a hum, that means there's probably something wrong is like, yeah. like it shouldn't be loud. It shouldn't be hot. Like those are usually indicators that you should get it checked out. Okay. So yeah. if I'm walking by someone's signs and it's just like, I should like run away. Maybe just don't lick it. Cause it'll shock you probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing, the one thing I wanted to mention about the going back to Garfield, uh, like always, like I'm prone to do. Um, that should be the name of our next podcast. Going back to Garfield. Going back, going back to, to Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. Um, so the ceramic bases really fascinate me because for one, two reasons, because, um, my, one of my best friends is a slipcaster and we kind of collaborated many, a couple years ago on a redesign of what used to be able to buy all these you've probably at least seen one maybe in your life it's like a a three-step pyramid that's ceramic that's black usually and it's got two holes on the top and that's it's in, they're, they're for freestanding neon so you can like the neon comes out it does a shape and it goes back down into the base okay. yeah and then the transformer and everything's down in the base and you plug it in yeah um they don't make those anymore and if they do they're plastic and so they're yeah. like and they're just real shit so I kind of worked with my my good friend in her ceramic realm to kind of redesign it so it was the right size for the transformers we were using and we got you know we got kind of like we haven't made a couple in, in many years kind of but I'm so like ready to like redesign a couple really like strange shaped bases for yeah. some freestanding neon sculptures because there's such a like because I because production got cut off somewhere I think in the eight, 80s if i'm not mistaken and the original patent for them was held by our friend roxy rose uh okay. her Wait, i didn't know that she held the yeah, patent for... her her family she's like third generation. oh neolite neolite yeah neolite like d invented that specific pyramid shape and so i have what? she gave yeah, me three originals when i went to visit her with her when we had our Mo Mo uh, mona thing and um, she also gave me two sconces that they Amazing. used to make. So these ceramic sconces that like you could just put up like candles and they you could put whatever neon shit in there and they're cracked and stuff. Yeah. But um, Which they're we're... Per perfect for making molds of again. So hopefully, hopefully I can um, get into get a little uh, a run going with her. Yeah, yeah I, I have a plenty of those neonetic neon sculptures and bases if you need them. Yes, um, we do. Oh yeah, my god, they're ceramic. Yeah. No, no, I had the, the plastic, plastic ones. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I wasn't aware that they even made a ceramic one. Um, that's pretty cool. I was so trying wait, to find yeah. pictures and I can't find any. It's the same thing, except it's just literally made out of ceramic and just more hardy, I guess, or just. Yeah, well, it's also just a better insulator. Also oh, that. That's true. And yeah, it's and it's heavier. Yeah. yeah. That, that the was plastic the ones are scary. Yeah, they Sorry. they are very. Uh, they, they tip like easily. Away almost. Yeah. Yeah. And same, our our crew is trying to redesign them as well. One of my staffers is into ceramics and she's like, we're like going to design some more too. I'm excited. That's interesting. Yeah. I almost feel like that would be great for like, even just like 3D printing, just like a, a you know, like a, some type of base or something. I just can't, I'm like on board with the 3D printing thing. I totally am because at some point we're going to run out of plastic tube supports. Yeah. But but I just the texture it creates. I don't. I know they're able to probably like stop that now, but that's like really expensive. 
Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Like uh, the lines, I hate the texture. Hate it. Yeah, that's a really big turnoff for me as well. Like, I feel like if it didn't have that, I wouldn't know. And then I, I almost like wouldn't know it was three D printed, and then I wouldn't care, you know. But exactly, that's yeah. true. I guess you know, it's like filled up that that fucking string. I'm like, I hate it. Yeah, drives me crazy. I hate it yeah. too. I don't know why. I, I honestly shouldn't hate it because it's like, whatever, you know. But it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly, especially because like. I'm talking about stuff that just like holding the signs, you know, like little clips. It's like, does it need to be like, yeah, a solid right. piece? Um, yeah. But yeah. That's one of the things actually I eventually would be cool. Uh, like a little, yeah, like a little 3D printer, you know, just for like home repairs and stuff. Like, that's like, that was like the whole concept mm-hmm. I feel like, of a 3D printer when they first came out. It's like, like, no, you can make, you can make parts for things that you broke. Yeah. You know? And I was like, how? But now I feel like, <laughs> Possibly. You can totally just scan or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that we could probably shoot the shit together for like another six hours and we would all enjoy that. Um, but maybe we just need to do episode two. But I do have a nonsense question. Yes. So, are you all ready? Yes. Okay. Ready. If you were a plant, which plant would sum up your personality? Wow. And if you need a moment to think about it, <laughs> uh, I did, full disclosure, I did give DJ a second at the beginning. I don't know. I think, um, well, I can say uh, maybe how about like the, I just watched something cool on it, like maybe two nights ago. So I'll say the, uh, like a, a lily pad. Oh. It's a really interesting plant in the way that it works. It, it literally starts from underneath. Right. It starts from below, starts from the bottom, and it comes up and it makes space for itself. Literally, it spins around and makes space for itself in the world. And then once it does that, it comes and breaches the surface of the bottom and then makes space for itself. <laughs> bottom. And, and then underneath it is passed. It allows zero light too. And the only thing that's flourishing is just the surface and everything right next to it is another lily pad and and lily pads completely dominate when they start to unravel so i like to think of myself right now as a lily pad i'm making my way making my space yeah find my way and once i find it and i break that surface you're gonna dominate i'm gonna have a lot of riders with me i know other lily pads you know like we're all lily pads here we're, we're making space and we're shining but the cool thing about lily pads is they all work harmoniously together to cover the landscape to block out the dark so Aww, I, I love that so much so Damn, that I'm, was a really good answer yeah I'm for today in episode one yeah part one um but that you know um that's only because i literally just watched something on a little bit but you resonated with it that makes sense i can see yeah. that yeah yeah what, what about you guys what about what's your okay for- so I think I I was I was on the fence a little bit. I was like kind of like maybe a snake plant because like I want to be independent and I just like don't I only need water like sometimes, but I don't think it fully encapsulates myself. So I think I'm actually a money tree because they're like super chonky at the base, nailing it. Then they're extra <laughs> kinky and wavy. So they're extra wavy and I feel like I too am kinky. And then it can often be misconstrued by its leaves as the wrong plant because it has somewhat 
tendril-esque cannabis-y leaves. Um, so there's like a little bit of, you know, I could hide, I could, you know, pose as something that I'm not. And then I also want to manifest shit. Like I'm all about that manifesting that stuff in the world and I'm a doer and a like action-oriented starter bootstrapper person. So like, I feel like all of those things are very like encapsulated in this tiny little secret plant that grows together all twisty. So I think that's, that's who I am today for sure. I love it. I think that's a, a good, a good plant. And I didn't really ever consider a money plant to be kinky. So that's a <laughs> first thought. I got you on those fronts is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, like you like literally have to tie them together too. So it's like, no, I, you have I, I, there's I do, some I intervention. No, yeah. I, and I, then there's like some wovenness. Yeah. Yeah. Toes. That is cool. I should probably get a money tree. Yeah, you like- should. Go to Ikea. Yeah. Okay. Ikea. Yeah. There you go. Hey, DJ. I, I, I have a few notes from today, and now the last one is Ikea money tree. <laughs> Ikea money tree. Ooh. Oh, you're making me jealous. I want to go to the Philly Ikea. I miss it. <laughs> I feel like it is pretty fun. I actually got uh, right here. It's literally behind me. How sick is this thing? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ikea bucket hat, everyone. He's wearing an Ikea bucket hat. Red alert. Right. You are like tapping into the Gen Z vibe right now so hard. Like, yeah. I'm about so to turn 30, so I don't know. What? I'm about to turn 30 in June. Aww. Oh, he's a baby. Congratulations. Congratulations. Am yeah. I Gen Z? What Gen am I? You're probably a kind of millennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm a millennial. That sounds mm-hmm. right. I think I'm, t- I'm, I'm 34 and I'm, t- I'm like the very, very like oldest millennial, I think. You can be. Oh, are you a millennial? Yeah. I typed in oh, okay. what generation? 1993, and it says millennials or Generation Y. Oh, I think or that's it. Yeah, we're Gen Y. Digital natives. Digital natives. Is what they're yep. 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 What the hell? I don't like that. I'm not. A my my plant would be wisteria i think Ooh. Um, mostly because it's also called virginia creeper it's it's like blowing up here right now because um it's it got really warm and and so every time the springtime it's like the beautiful springtime ivy plant i think it's Ooh. also probably invasive it's also extremely poisonous very invasive very yeah but it gives me joy and i it's everywhere right now and it's also just like kind of a little like bleeding heart esque, which appeals to my emo side. And my mom had those in her garden, so like I don't know, I have some kind of like bleeding heart thing going on there. And like, yeah, just kind of like seasonal. I feel like my life goes in like some seasonal things, and I'm always kind of around, but like sometimes I'm more around than other times. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I I I, I'm, I feel simpatico with that. I feel like that's um that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. and that's funny. My mom also used to grow bleeding hearts in her garden to the point where I have a bleeding heart somewhere up here. Uh, oh, yes. nice. That's that's really good. I love that. Yeah, they're great. They're really cool flowers. Yeah, they're super cool. It's definitely them. my favorite plant that my mom had out in the yard. Yeah, uh, so I put honeysuckle. I think. Uh, oh, yeah. that was the shit growing up eating all those mm-hmm. honeysuckles. Mm-hmm. Destroy that. I feel like I would eat it for like so long and then it would just be fine. You know, like, I yeah. don't know if that would kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe they all are also are invasive. 
yeah. Very. Yeah. I think any vine probably is if you think about it hard enough, but I digress. That's true. Those yeah. creepers are vines are all vines invasive species. Yeah. Google, tell me. I, I just wanna Jerick, if I just wanna say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been so fun nerding out with someone in a very yes. specific lighting way, but in an adjacent way that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no one at any time like glazed over, which is amazing because I don't know if you have come over this, but like like Allison said, every once in a while you have to be like, well, you got to change the subject or something else because like I, I'm not here for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate the cadence and and yeah, the topics are kind of similar enough between neon and lava and novelty that I feel like, yeah, we can kind of just kind of jump back and forth and it almost seems like we're talking about the same thing anyway, you know, so. Yeah. I think in part two, we're definitely going to have to cover the like Nintendo nerd part. Like we didn't quite, we only barely grazed the surface of that one. And we just like haven't even unlocked the amount of nerdness that the three of us could be tackling. So yeah, there's definitely that. (laughs) There's definitely that to be had. And I think that that, that will play a little bit into, um, you know, my creative work too. I hope that will show like I have a big, I think like a, big chunk of my childhood was spent literally gaming uh, fantasy world of warcraft video games and i was just so delved into uh the gaming universe that i for sure will have it like reflect into my art you know i'm a big like wizard wizard guy you know so i i hopefully will make uh i'm hoping to make something that resembles some type of wizard item eventually whether it's like a scrying orb or you know something amazing yes I mean, that's what we kind of call ourselves the neon is like, we're kind of wizards because we literally make light. Yeah. Yeah. Neon is a hundred percent a wizard craft. Is there anything that you'd like to plug for your company or anything? Like, are you doing any shows soon or are you doing anything online? What's up? What's going on? Um, well, I mean, uh, I have a giveaway going on right now. We're giving away three of the candle power lava lamps on, uh, on our Instagram. Along oh, with my- we've entered. We've entered. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, me and my friend Jules are doing that. Um, but yeah, no, not really. I mean, honestly, just keep an eye peeled to the uh, the Instagram, the Facebook. I've got a bunch of new releases coming out. Uh, I've got like new, you know, new lamps, new colors, new models. And I also have my own product lines with my own lamps. And I also have uh, some kinetic toys coming out under the Ozone line as well, which are all made here in Philadelphia. Um, I can give you a little peek at maybe the uh, the, the miniature size of the uh, slime tube, but this is uh, made here in a glass blowing studio that was uh, essentially that that the generated art was filmed in. Um, oh, but yeah, cool. this is like gigantic, uh, this will be full of slime. Um, so this is like, I don't know if you've ever seen those like slow oozing tubes. So this will yeah. have about like a half gallon of that. Um, and then I oh have- my God. So larger ones coming out, you know, that will be like an entire gallon of ooze. Uh, and I'm hoping to have them on a stand, like a pedestal almost, a, a, like a swinging stand. So I got a bunch of cool stuff coming out. Um, keep your eyes peeled. But yeah, the number one thing I can just say is that, uh, you know, anyone that's supported thus far, I definitely appreciate it. Um, having a really good time and uh, couldn't do without supporters. So thank you guys a lot. <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, Yay! it was lovely to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Totes. Who can take some pasta, shape it like a dick, 
make a fake poo that is perfect for a trick. Spencer's gifts, Spencer's gifts can. Who can make a fart sound when no one needs to fart? Marijuana clothing, this is where you need to start at. Sp Spencer's gifts? Spencer's gifts can, cause they stock their gags with love and the lube. 